0: What is up? Welcome back to the Pac Center Podcast, your one stop shop for anything Nevada athletics, episode 129. I am your host, Matt Hannafi. I'm here with my co host, Isaiah Bros. Isaiah, one of my favorite times of year, probably actually, probably my favorite time of year when basketball season's here. It is finally here. Nevada basketball's back, both men's and women's. Men starts tomorrow. We're recording this on Tuesday, the 24th. Men starts the 25th tomorrow. Women starts the 27th on Friday
1: what's going on man it's just another day in paradise like you said basketball's back on campus it's going to be fun it's going to be exciting
0: and so we'll start out with the men's there I'm not going to say there's a lot of question marks with this team but there's a lot of uncertainty because this is a completely new team Nevada loses its top four scores Nisrae Zuzwa, Jazz Johnson, Lindsey Drew and then Jalen Harris who of course got drafted 59th to Toronto Raptors our leading scorer is Zane Meeks we don't even know if he's going to get a starting spot yet he averaged 6 points a game last year and so there's a lot of like there's a lot of new pieces and this is a very young team as we talked about before there's no scholarship seniors there's two scholarship juniors and the rest are freshmen and sophomores so there's a lot of inexperience with this roster
1: oh definitely and with that comes opportunity and that's something at least we can look forward to throughout the year is seeing who can really step up and we can really see some players progress and improve And in a season like no other, that can be a time where it can be multiple guys. So, you know, I know we've talked about it from time to time. It's just interesting starting to see Alford's recruiting process really unfold and come from so many different angles. And this year's roster is no exception. There's a lot of interesting pieces to this team that we'll obviously get into. And, yeah, I mean, it's just going to be exciting. You know, it's coming off of last year – the success we had in the regular season. Obviously a postseason appearance that fell short, but coming into this year, there's a lot of opportunity, and I'm just excited to see who really steps up and who we can really see kind of be that leader that we need on the floor, and maybe even off the floor for that matter.
0: What's the part that you're... You mentioned opportunity. Is that the part that you're most intrigued about this year?
1: Oh, definitely. Just because we have so many new faces new transfers and it's just going to be exciting because while we are young we do have some experience in some categories and that's another thing too is not only from these new transfers can we see possible scoring output and other you know contributions made on the floor but I'm excited to see another year of development from guys like Kane Milling and Zane Meeks, KJ Himes as we mentioned so it's just overall this is a wide open year with so much left on the table for the program and I'm excited to see who gets what and who really takes their opportunity to the fullest I would say so
0: so that leads me into something I want to ask you who do you think are breakout players for this year and we'll leave it to players that what's let you okay so how do you want to do this do you want to do players that weren't who were on the roster last year but weren't eligible due to like They were transfers, or do you just want to do breakout players in general?
1: I think we should just do breakout players in general because I know there's a mix. You know, there's a few that come to mind with me. First person I want to touch upon is Robbie Robinson, just a versatile wing, 3-4. Overall, a really solid player. I thought we saw a lot out of him last year, and he's got some defensive versatility. And I thought throughout the tail end of last season, we started to see – Some of his offensive game evolve, and I thought he had more confidence in his mid-range jump shot and being able to put the ball on the floor. So that's something I'm really looking forward to. He may not really stuff the stat sheet, and he may not be a leading scorer, but he can be well diversified throughout the floor in terms of rebounding, passing the ball, being able to hit a few shots here and there, and I think that's something we really need is some sort of form of stability on both ends of the floor. So that was the first player that really came to my mind. Another one is... Obviously, I think this one's kind of obvious, but we'll touch more upon him throughout the podcast. But Desmond Cambridge.
0: Yeah, it's an obvious one. (laughs) That one's pretty
1: obvious. I mean, I just think with so much scoring left on the table, I don't, there's like not a doubt in my mind he's going to be willing to take some of the shots that a lot of players aren't going to be willing to take. And I think he's going to be shouldering much of the scoring load this year. And we will see as that year progresses, if he's able to, you know, score at a high rate while still being efficient from the floor. But he's, he's got a lot of talent. He's got the tools to be an impact scorer. And I can't wait to see how that unfolds throughout the year. And the last player I want to touch upon is Kane Milling, another player who I know may not break out, but for me, break out in a way that we really need kind of a floor general this year after Jazz, guys like, you know, Jazz, Jalen and Lindsay all had to unfortunately leave the program for one reason or another, meaning graduation or NBA draft. So we could really use a primary ball handler, and I think we saw some of that from Kane. Kane was thrusted into a pretty large role as a freshman last year. I know he struggles offensively, especially from the perimeter, but I'm hoping to see some improvement because he plays really hard on both ends of the floor. And that's another aspect of this team that we need, especially from our backcourt, is someone like that who plays gritty and is able to spread the rock and really, you know, take control of the offense as a whole. So he's another player to keep an eye on. May not stuff the stat sheet like Robbie, but another impact player that I'm looking forward to and can potentially break out. You know, flipping it over to you, you have a few or a couple breakout players you want to mention.
0: Yeah, I have a couple. One of them, well, I'm going to do one that was eligible in playing last year and the other that wasn't. The guy who wasn't eligible that played or who didn't play last year, I mean, who I think is going to break out is Warren Washington, who is, is Nevada's tallest player on the roster. He's seven foot. He was a transfer from Oregon State. He actually was offered by Nevada. It was first school to offer him a scholarship out of high school. He tra- He went to go visit Oregon State, and he eventually – he was going to visit Nevada, but he first traveled to Oregon State he pretty much was like, I'm, I love this campus. I'm going to accept this on the spot. And so he didn't actually get to visit Nevada. And so it's, that was under Mustman uh, uh, two or three years ago. And so it's funny this time around that Alford was able to still, they were still focused on him and they were still able to bring him in. But he's Nevada's tallest player at seven foot. He is just a big body. I mean, he's probably going to, I don't know what his shot's like, but he is a very athletic player. He's a good rebounder. And He could potentially be a really good shot blocker and he could be one of the best in the conference in both of those departments He only averaged 1.3 points and 1.4 assists in barely eight minutes a game at Oregon State So he didn't get a lot of time to showcase his ability But I do think being put into the starting lineup and, be, and a year in this system He's already familiar with Alford because he's because he had to sit out last year I think he could potentially be a breakout player and then the one that was eligible this year is is Zane Meeks who is the team's top returning scorer he averaged six points a game, close to forty percent three point shooter. And so he could potentially he's gonna be he's gonna be given more shots. And he might start, he might not. We'll talk about that a little later. We'll we'll put our projected starting lineups, lineups out. Of course, we don't with everyone graduating or going to the NBA draft, we really don't know who's gonna be in the starting lineup. We don't even know if Robbie, who started all thirty one games last year, is gonna be in the starting lineup. So we'll talk about that later. So but anyways, back to Zane. Zane's just going to be getting more shots. And so I think he could potentially be, he's one of our best shooters, I would say. He was just a pick-and-pop guy who, a decent rebounder, uh, a so-so defender, but he could potentially grow in that department. And so I'm interested to see how he does. And I think, considering he is our top returning scorer, he could break out and be one of our top three scorers this
1: year. Oh, definitely. Now, you you touched upon everything that Zane can bring this year. And... He showed a lot of growth, a lot of big shots, wasn't afraid to really let it fly from deep last year. And we're hoping to see more consistency and even more improvement in that regard. And just a versatile option for us to help spread the floor. And he's a good, just an overall solid player heading into his second year with, like you said, more opportunity. I think that's one thing we'll keep touching upon throughout this podcast is opportunity because there's so much. A lot of opportunity this year. So that's why I'm so excited to see how this year unfolds. What do you think? What do you think are the team's
0: strengths and weaknesses this year? Or okay, what's a what's a strength and a weakness that you're going to be keeping your eye on?
1: I would say one of the things with the addition of Warren Washington is our size down low in that department. It's when you have guys like Warren Washington at seven foot, KJ Hans at six ten, Zane Meeks at six ten. That at least gives you some form of Stability in the paint. And I think that's one thing we kind of lacked last year was a lot of discipline and size down low. This year may not be the case. At least we can have a few options down there and that can give us more ample opportunity in rebounding and shot blocking. So I thought John
0: Carlos filled that role kind of last year. Yeah,
1: you know what? John Carlos was another good option. But that was a... And this is another thing too, is coming into a second year of KJ Himes and a second year of Zane Meeks. We're going to see growth
0: in those two players. Mm -hmm.
1: Along with the added size of Warren Washington. So that could be a good standpoint from that perspective, but that's one of the strengths I wanted to touch upon. In terms of weakness, I would just say it's the inexperience. It's just a lot. You know, we have so many new faces, so many moving parts, and this season as a whole is going to be really weird. You know, it's going to be adjusting on the fly in a lot of ways we're not going to be able to get a lot of study on our opponents a lot of it's going to be hey you play them twice you're going to get out (laughs) It's, it's going to be as simple as that you know so just to see how this team's chemistry unfolds and really how they play together as a unit is going to be I think we're going to have a lot of growing pains this year and it's one of the things to keep an eye on and if we can sort of develop some sort of chemistry or get bonded as a unit, as a whole, I think that can really help us going forward. So that was one of the key strengths and weaknesses I kind of pointed out before the start of the season. What about you?
0: I would say strength, as you mentioned the size, I'll probably say the rebounding. We have Warren Washington, obviously, K.J. Himes, who you mentioned. One guy we haven't talked about yet that we might talk about a little later is DeAndre Henry, who's just a high-motor guy who is a freshman. He He might crack the rotation. He might be getting... He might be in the seventh man, eighth man, or ninth man on the bench. I don't see him excelling any higher than that, at least initially at the start of the season. But he's a high motor guy and high motor guys are productive players and he'll they they they, they ex they're not excel, but they'll accelerate their skill set and they'll accelerate their ability as the season goes on.
1: Yeah, make the most of their right. tools and opportunity, right? Just
0: because it's like if you're a high-motor guy and you're a hard-working player, at least that's that's what Alford's saying. I trust Alford's word on that. And he's six seven. He could potentially be one of the better rebounders that this team has. And then a weakness is probably just the inefficiency or the spacing.
1: Yeah, a little bit of both, right? A little bit sit. of both
0: because when he was at Brown, Desmond wasn't efficient, of course. That's a lot of quantity over quality, which is fine. I don't think Alford's going to have a problem with that. Kane wasn't efficient last year who else am I missing
1: Robbie Robinson was yeah Robbie wasn't efficient last efficient year
0: player. kJ couldn't space the floor Zane is our only floor spacer I don't know what Warren's going to offer I'm assuming Warren's going to be back to the basket post player he might be able to extend his range out to a 15 foot jumper but we don't really know because we haven't seen him a lot yet all we can do is do with like what we've read off like the scouting reports and everything but there's n- there's not a lot of spacing on this roster. Grant can Grant Sheffield can space the floor a little bit. Zane can space the floor a little bit. Alem Husinovich, is that how you say his last name? Mhm. Can spa- can space the floor if he cracks the rotation. So and of course, the rotation, we don't know who's how big it's going to be. You said opportunity. This could be eight guys or it could be 10-11 guys. We don't
1: know. Yeah, it's gonna be really weird and in terms of efficiency and lack of spacing, the two can play in hand with one another. And with that comes just some uncertainty in that regard, because we saw from last year's team, it seems with Jazz, Jalen, Drew, and Nisray, they all were floor spacers in some category and we let it fly last year. We were not afraid to shoot it from deep and we let were the
0: conference in three point shooting. We were thirty eight percent
1: and we were efficient. And that's one of the things that we may not be able to really lean upon throughout the whole year is being able to really let it fly efficiently from deep. So we need to find other scoring ways and other ways to share the basketball. And that's, I think, where the opportunity comes in once again, and just seeing who can step up, because there's so many shots to be had. And we, I think we have some of the guys who are willing to take on some of that scoring load. So just two things to keep an eye on in that regard.
0: Do you think there's going to be growing pains at all? I mean, there's obviously going to be growing pains, but like to what degree?
1: I mean, I think there will be. It's just I don't see many of our new incoming freshmen seeing a lot of time on the floor. So I think the experience as a whole is somewhat decent, but just having so many new faces and so many new transfers, it's going to be iffy. I think there will be some growing pains and ways just – you know, you know how the game of basketball is, it's all about communication on both sides of the floor. And yep. It's just with this year and this team as a whole, I just think it's going to be difficult and a little bit of a slow-moving process. What about you? How do you feel about the you know, the growing pains? The, there's been
0: well. a longer off-season, but not a lot of these guys have played together. I mean, they've played together in practice like Desmond, who sat out last year because he was a transfer, Warren, who sat out last year because he was a transfer, Christian Coruscant, who sat out last year because he was a transfer. Those guys have like played together in practice. We haven't seen it on a court with an actual team because, again, we have, some, we have four new freshmen, a few new transfers. Grant transferred in, what, March, April? And so there's a lot of new faces, and so I'm expecting some pains and just chemistry wise that'll grow as the season goes on though but i'm expecting some growing pains there here's one question i want to ask you what do you think your starting lineup's going to be
1: this is the hardest one like in terms of any topic we were going to touch upon in this Prefer- podcast
0: preferred and what do you think it's actually going to be
1: okay in terms of because projected- i have
0: my preference is different than my what i actually think
1: yeah is i gonna wrote happen. in terms of my preference. I kind of wrote down my preference in this regard. I think if you want to touch upon the projected, I think you have the projected starting lineup right away. I think that one's pretty good. In terms of my preference, though, at the one, I got Kane Milling. At two, I have Grant Sherfield. Three, I have Desmond Cambridge. Power forward, the four position is, in my opinion, so up in the air because I really feel like you could go with three guys and K.J. Himes, Robbie Robinson, or who am I? Or Zane Meeks, and it will be interesting to see who Alfred goes with. And I really do think this position is going to flip flop early on. And I think you may see new faces at that position throughout the year, depending on who we're playing. If you want to go more small, you could go Robbie. If you want to space the floor more, you could go Zane. If you want you know more added size, athleticism, and rebounding, you could go with KJ. So it's kind of a different situation. For now, I'm going with KJ. Just because of his motor, I think we saw a lot of defensive improvements and rebounding in that regard. To pair with Warren Washington at the five, I think that would be kind of my preferred starting lineup. But then again, I don't know if you want your leading scorer coming off the bench from last year. We can use Zane's scoring in so many ways, but I'm confident, at least in Grant, Warren, and Dez can take some of the scoring load. So just giving us a well-balanced lineup, starting lineup to start the year. I would go with those five. So Kane, Grant, Dez, KJ, and Warren. Now, do you have a projected or a preferred or one or the other?
0: I want to hit on yours a little bit because the part that I'm most concerned about that lineup is the spacing yeah. and spacing at the front court. Because ideally, you would want someone to compliment Warren. We don't know what Warren's going to offer yet. And I don't know if KJ is that option. He might be. Ideally, later in the season, you could compliment and you could put them next to each other. But I don't know if they, I don't know the fit. The he, fit's interesting.
1: And here's one of the things that we can touch upon is I'm really hoping to see K.J. Himes' offensive game expand.
0: You want to see that expand? Okay. And
1: he, in high school, back in Arizona, he was shooting threes. He was being able to put the ball on the floor and shoot mid-range jumpers. And, you know, talking to him throughout the year, he has put so much focus on expanding his range and offensive game. I just don't think he had the opportunity to really showcase it last year with so many versatile scoring options. I think this year if KJ is able to expand his range 10, 15 feet and potentially behind the three-point line as he practices, you see him in pregame shoot-arounds, hoisting him up, trying to get better. Post-game you're seeing him expand his range. So if he's able to do that offensively, Along with his defensive and you know his defensive capabilities and his motor, I think that could really complement our starting lineup. But a lot of that hones on his ability to stretch the floor, which we do desperately need in the front court, and that obviously plays into the part of Zane and or Robbie. So, good point. I, I see the deficiency in that lineup, but I just kind of like the balance that offer that lineup offers. I would say.
0: Okay, the one I think is going to happen, my projected starting lineup. I mean, I just threw a couple more lineups in there, the ones that I want to see. Not, I mean, you could potentially start them. I don't think so, though. They're doubtful. But one lineup, the lineup that I think is going to happen is Kane, Grant Sherfield, Desmond Cambridge, Zane Meeks, and Bourne Washington. I yeah. just think to me that's the most realistic starting lineup.
1: Yeah, especially the first game, I could see all for thrusting that out there and just testing the waters with that one because it's got options on both ends of the floor. Because it's one one
0: area of question for me is defense at the point of the attack. Because we saw that last year with Lindsey, a little bit with Jazz, a little bit, a little bit with Jalen, but this year is a little different because, I mean, Kane can be that person. Desmond, who averaged over a block and a steal at Brown University with his two years there, he did that. But I'm still, that's still a question to me. And I think Kane or Desmond could offer one of that. I think Kane or Desmond could offer primary ball handling initiatives and in running the offense. Although I don't think Desmond's the playmaker that Kane is. I still think that can, he can potentially fill that role. And I like the complimentary basketball at the four and the five spot, of course, with Zane and Warren. I mean, we didn't see that last year, and I think that was a deficiency. But and then again, Alford also had three shooters on the floor once, usually, and which is a smart strategy that you have, three or four shooters. You don't want to have just two or one or not at all. And so he had Jazz, Jalen, and I guess if you want to consider Lindsay a shooter, you can. Last year's probably. But he had three shooters, shooters in air quotes, on the floor at the same time. So I think you could afford to do that a little bit. But I would still want to see one of the four or five space the floor. And if and if he can't do that, I mean, you can only coach the roster that you have. He might have to go small ball.
1: Yeah, and that brings in another interesting lineup.
0: One lineup that I have that is kind of a small ball lineup is... Grant Desmond, Trey Coleman, depending, that's probably for later in the year. I'm not going to insert Trey into the starting lineup as a freshman, like just right off the bat. That's just kind of something I'm kind of like fighting with in my head. He has a, I'm high on him. And then Robbie and Zane.
1: That is small, but that's
0: very interesting. That's small, but interesting. You have four shooters. If Coleman can develop into a shooter at one on the floor at once, and shooters in the sense that they're going to take shots. Desmond's going to take his threes. He's going to take 15, 20. He's going to hoist 15, 20 field goal attempts a game. And there's opportunity. They're not going to be super efficient, but he's going to, he's going to space the floor, and he spaced the floor at Brown. The question is whether he can make them on a consistent basis it is an entirely different question. Grant's going to do the same thing. He's going to hoist his shots. He shot, I think, around 35% last year from three at Wichita State. 30, 35%. So, and I'm expecting that efficiency to go up. Zane's gonna space the floor as we know. Robbie, not so much. Coleman maybe. We don't know. We haven't seen him yet. But that's like my small ball. I don't think that's gonna be a starting lineup per se, but that's gonna be a lineup I wanna see at the floor. Or see on the floor in the non Warren and non K J minutes, just to give them a rest. And then my final one is Grant, Desmond, Robbie, Zane, and Warren. I don't again that's three shooters on the floor at once. That's two two non shooters and I don't the only way I would do that is if we're fac if Robbie needs to guard his three because I don't know if Robbie can guard fours.
1: Yeah, he he did it last
0: year, but he can potentially, he he could potentially guard fours. I don't think he can guard fives at all. No,
1: no, but we have the size able to do that.
0: And if not, that offers defensive options with Desmond and Robbie. Desmond can take the best guard, that could take load off of Grant's shoulders a little bit. Warren can take whoever, if Warren wants to take the four for Zane, that's he can do that. If Zane can guard the fives, that's a question, but. He'll take that load there, and so I think that could be an interesting lineup that we could potentially see. I don't... I think the first one is the most... Projectable. Projectable. I'm just spewing these lineups because how this will fit Yeah. on the floor, and it's it's there are lineups that like I can see potentially throughout the season. I don't know. Again, I don't know if it's all starting, though. But then again, we don't really know what the starting lineup's going to be.
1: No, not at all, and you've seen Alford experiment with different lineups, and... This is, he has the roster capability to do it this year. And I really don't expect to see one consistent starting lineup throughout the year because of some of the teams are going to be facing some of the matchups and just some of the strengths and weaknesses each player has. It can play to the benefit of our roster as a whole. So that's just going to be so interesting. You know, you bring up some really, really cool kind of versatile lineups.
0: I'm kind of doing it in like a strategical aspect
1: yeah like a shooting emphasis not a you know, shoot, Not
0: not just the fit because i don't want like we had last year i i i don't know how you feel about this but i'm not super comfortable with two bigs on the floor who can't shoot or who can't at least expand their range because john carlos last year couldn't do that and then robbie can't do that
1: yeah i mean that's why improvement is needed especially from but then from again i point. don't
0: know Reason why I don't have Robbie in my starting lineup, I know you mentioned him as a breakout player. I'm not necessarily as high as him and as you are because I don't think he has much of a ceiling. He's good defensively when he can guard the three and maybe the four, maybe even two guards sometimes. Maybe you switch on to him. I don't know. But he doesn't offer much. I mean, he offers rebounding, but he doesn't offer a lot of playmaking. He's not a scorer, he's not a shooter. Maybe this year, considering we won't have Jalen, Jazz, and Lindsey, he'll expand that scoring. A little bit I don't know but the book on him coming out uh when he transferred here was that he w- just wasn't much of a shooter or a scorer he was mostly a defender and a rebounder and like that's okay if, know your role
1: first off and he knew his role but other than that I don't know what his role is definitely and See, my envision of a breakout player is more of someone who can open eyes with their improvements, and that's why Robbie Robinson came to mind because I don't think he really showcased what he was able to do last year with so many scoring options. We're going to need a few of those guys badly this year, and I think Robbie is able to do that. He's average at best across the board at every offensive category. But
0: but do you think Desmond, Grant, and Zayn are going to fill those options? They may feel think, most think, of them, but no. I'm saying, like, do you think those guys are ahead of Robbie yes. in terms of scoring? Yeah, I in think terms they of Oh yeah,
1: yeah. So I don't know, but there will how still... much more
0: opportunity is going to be there with specifically Robbie?
1: I think there could still be a role with Robbie to cover out, and I think he'll be able to fight his way to the floor because we're going to need his defensive versatility, and we're going to need some of his well-rounded right. offensive game, albeit average. We may not excel at one particular offensive thing at all, but. Sometimes you need guys like that to insert into your lineup, and I think Alford has faith and trust in those types of guys, and you saw it last year. So I still have high hopes for Robbie.
0: I'll have to see it because I don't know if I'm there yet, and it's kind of crazy that the only returning starter on our roster is a guy I'm not even having in my lineup. (laughs) But again, that's just for strategical purposes. I know Alford probably thinks differently than me. He knows a lot more than me than –
1: both of us. Yeah, yeah both of us. <laughs>
0: he, or specifically knows the roster and the ins and outs and the improvements on the team and all that. And
1: yeah, he has a firsthand view of who's right. opening eyes at this point
0: and We know, haven't seen these guys play at all yet. The, when, we see, when we see him tomorrow, if, of course, are be, there's going to be a stream available, just question is whether you can watch it. But if, well, this is the first time we're going to be seeing these guys. We haven't been able to go to practices. We haven't been able to see him in scrimmages. This is the first time we're going to see him. And we can only do so much from the 30 second Instagram videos that we see, or at least that I see on a weekly basis or whatever, when just the hype videos that they have. And so that's all I've seen. Other than that, I don't know. We haven't seen these guys play together. We don't know what lineups that Alfred's thinking because we're not inside the locker room, by the way.
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of this is unknown.
0: We're just projecting based off of our best educated guess.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. And I don't expect, as I keep mentioning, is I don't expect to see one consistent lineup throughout the year. There's just different options and different guys to go to. So, you know, maybe a couple of these lineups play out. Maybe they don't. But it's the fact that at least we're trying to project who can be a good fit in the starting five. And I think we have a few guys who can solidify their spot throughout the year and early on. So, just something to keep an eye on in that regard.
0: Who do you think is going to be the biggest? If you were to make, if you were to, your best educated guess, who do you think would be the biggest breakout among the freshmen? <sighs> the freshmen are, well, it's for the viewers. Yeah. Our freshmen are Alem Husinovich. Sen- Husenovich, Trey Coleman, DeAndre Henry, Daniel Foster. And Daniel Foster. And, and so, it- which among those four we did, we were. <laughs> We did have Jelani Clark he didn't enroll in classes, and so he's not on the roster anymore. Who among those four freshmen do you think is going to be the biggest? Not the big. Okay, the Openized. highest. The biggest potential to be a
1: not. A, you want to say breakout star? Not just someone who can, you know, show potential this year. Who can? Well, open I think eyes. all of them
0: can show potential to an extent.
1: I don't know if a couple of them may not get that much PT, but I know two that come to mind are but that we, can.
0: But we talked about the opportunity. The difference between last year and this year is the returning players or the returning stars. I mean, of course, we lost a lot of production heading into last year, but we still had Jalen, Jazz, and Lindsay on the roster plus Nisrae. And so not a lot of freshmen. Only Kane and Zane and KJ a little bit played. But there's going to be more opportunity for these four freshmen to play this year, especially without Jelani.
1: I would go with Trey Coleman. That's one I think. You and I both agree on that regard just off the yeah, bat.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I had him in one of my yeah. lineups.
1: And then I would go with either Alem or DeAndre Henry. One of the two in that regard. Both of them have different profiles. Alem can help stretch the floor.
0: I was just about ready to say I was talking about space to the floor earlier, and, and Alem can certainly help with that in certain situations.
1: And if he can really showcase his three-point range early on, I think he'll find it, try to fit out and carve out some sort of role within this team. And DeAndre, he's just got a great motor. Really like his intensity. And he's a player, if you want to really earn your spot on a roster, players like that can make eye-opening impacts and make eye-opening plays just of how hard they go, You know how hard they play on both ends of the floor. So among those three, I would give a good nod to because they all offer something different for the team as a whole. So it'll be exciting. I mean, this freshman class we have, has some intriguing talents and something we can really build upon for the future of the program.
0: I just came up with another fun lineup in my head. Let's hear it. Instead of... Okay, so we're going to do Grant, Desmond. I still think either of them can initiate ball handling and playmaking responsibilities, so that's why I have them on the floor at the same time. Although they're both scoring combo guards, I still think they're going to have to take initiative in the offense. Trey, maybe. And then I have DeAndre at the four and Zane at the five. That's another,
1: that's another small ball lineup, but...
0: I don't know how DeAndre's shot is, though. So I kind of want to... So here, here's, here's one. Grant, Desmond, Robbie. Finally, Robbie, you cracked my starting five. Welcome to the squad, man. Thank you. Grant, Desmond, Robbie, DeAndre, and Zane or if you want to or if you want to get really really small you could have Grant Desmond Robbie Alem and Deandre that is uber small why downsize when you or why uh, upsize when you can downsize I mean I guess that's the new like modern age thing but that's just my philosophy of it I don't want to go too big
1: I mean you can
0: you need shooters obviously yeah, why would have Zayn in lineup
1: Yeah I mean you see how having you know like you said bigger guys who aren't able to shoot, how that limits the offensive potential of the lineup. And when you have an intriguing mix of freshmen in this incoming class that we do, maybe they can you know, carve out a role early on and really showcase their abilities. So that's exciting from that standpoint if any of those lineups came to fruition at any point in any game. Kane,
0: Grant, Desmond, DeAndre, and KJ. Not a lot of shooting, but defensively. Athleticism. Athleticism.
1: I mean, it's something. I mean,
0: I'm just coming up with yeah. lineups in my head. It's Not got- all of them for these lineups, for especially for this team. For you have to either sacrifice offensively or defensively. Like if I want to add another shooter, that obviously sacrifices defensively. Right now, we don't necessarily know who's going to be the shooters and the non-shooters yet. But I'm just I'm just experimenting with lineups in my head right now. I mean, this is kind of fun. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like... I wish I... I'll chart these down when I listen to the podcast and see if any of them come back, and that's something I'll be paying attention to these next couple of days. By the way, how do you feel about Nevada playing basketball on Thanksgiving?
1: Kind of weird, right? It's going to be really weird, but, you know...
0: They play I'll, Nebraska on Thanksgiving. It's going to be... Not Chaudron State, that no. Division two school that we were originally going to play. We play uh,
1: Nebraska our, on Big Ten Network. Uh, I was going to say, thank you. Thank you. More props. And I know our non-conference especially the first early couple games, have really bounced around, but to at least have it solidified now that we play tomorrow.
0: I wonder how Alford is doing two days to prepare for a schedule that could have came out a month ago, or that came out like a like – a, could have came out a couple weeks ago, yeah. but it came out a week ago. Things change. COVID changes things. Because Nebraska wasn't originally – or no, North Dakota State wasn't originally supposed to be in this tournament. They were supposed to be in the tournament in Milwaukee, but University of Milwaukee had COVID issues, and so – the tournament got canceled. I think it was the MKE Classic, and so that got canceled. Nevada's now playing North Dakota State. North Dakota State's a pretty solid team.
1: so It's just going to be interesting to see how we fare non-conference and just seeing if some of these games really do pan out because there's not much leeway room for any cancellations at this point. You've kind of thrusted it all to the wind. So let's just hope. I'm waiting for it. So, But in terms of um, how Alford's adjusting, have faith in Steve. He's awesome. Yeah, I have faith in him, too. He's awesome. Love Steve Alford.
0: Yeah, I think Alford's going to do a pretty good job uh, preparing these guys for game one. I mean, I know it's weird circumstances or whatever, but that leads me into North Dakota State, who's Nevada first place. We'll do just something very briefly. We, didn't, we don't have enough time to do everything. But they lose a couple all-conference players in Benny Shalid and Tyson Ward. They return Ronnie Cruiser, who was who was voted on to the second team all-summit preseason team this year, or the, was voted on to the preseason all-summit second team. And so I wonder how this team's going to do. They're coming off a 25-8 and eight season, and then they went 13-3 and three in conference. They shared a title. They won the tournament title, or the summit tournament tournament title, 89-53 to over North Dakota's sixth seed. They would have made their second consecutive NCAA tournament appearance. So they're a pretty good team, but they lose some experience.
1: Oh, definitely, but... No, this is a tough matchup for Nevada coming out to start the year. I mean, they have a lot of backcourt depth, and they have a lot of versatile scoring options even without those two. So this team opened eyes last year. And did you say they were going to be another NCAA tournament-eligible team if the tournament would have played out?
0: Well, considering they won their conference tournament, that automatically makes you eligible for the NCAA tournament,
1: and there would have been their consecutive Second consecutive NCAA tournament. No, this team's, I mean, just looking at them on paper and, you know, the success they've had these last couple years has been really, really good indeed. So this is a tough, tough non-conference matchup for us to start the year, especially with our unfortunate circumstances with our own roster and having so many versatile scoring options of our own leave. So that's just something, you know, a good test. Good first game test to see what the Wolfpack is really made of, to see if our limited experience and limited playing time together to this point can really be shown up.
0: All right, that's enough on men's. We'll come back, we'll talk some women's basketball after the break. We're back. Now it's time to talk some women's basketball. They play Thursday, or no, they play the 27th, 20, so they play Friday
1: versus San Francisco. Isaiah, how do you think this team is going to be this year? Um, it's, in a lot of ways, the women's team can potentially be like the men's in that a lot of experience and a lot of scoring output has left the program. Due to unfortunate circumstances, you know, our two leading scorers, in essence, Booker and Imani Lacy, both transferred. Margaret Efra, who transferred from USC last year, gave us a much-needed size last down low, graduated. So losing those top three scores is going to certainly hurt. But the thing we keep talking about in terms of the men's team, you can translate to the women's team, is opportunity. And we have six new transfers a bunch of new faces, and we had a ton of freshmen heading into their sophomore year this year that can bring some some sort of added experience, and there's a lot to look forward to, especially in the backcourt, to kind of highlight that team perspective. I think that's one of their best strengths this year is their versatile options they can have with Deja Hamilton. They have Nia Alexander heading into her senior year. Alyssa Jimenez showed real good strides as a Freshman as well as Deja last year as a freshman. They also have Amaya West, who was honestly a good third scorer for most of the year, especially toward the tail end of last season.
0: She's one of my breakout players.
1: I would assume so. She's got a lot of scoring capabilities. And with, once again, so much scoring left on the table for the women's team, she can take a big load
0: shooting, too. She shot over 40% from three last year.
1: We need it, and that's one of the things that you can touch upon is just how much backcourt versatility there is. There's also Jenna Williams, who is kind of like the floor general. She led the team last year in 67 assists, just started 15 games. She's another player to keep an eye on. So Levin's head coach, Amanda Levin's, has a lot of versatility in that regard because... Deja is kind of like a defensive menace in a lot of ways. Both her and Alyssa, both ranked second and third on the team in steals, and you also have some versatile scoring options there. So there is hope for that backfield to really grow into an overall solid unit. The questions come with the front court because when you lose out on Marguerite Effa and Imana Lacy, when those two aren't part of your program anymore. It kind of hurts your size, but we still have Dom Phillips, who is now our leading scorer heading into this year. Score from last year, so that can give us a much-needed size. She's about six foot. Um, did a solid job rebounding last year. so some of the basics and the fundamentals. Stays within her ground, and that's one of the things that we're looking more for is more size down low. And I know that's what Levens has been kind of preaching throughout these past couple of years: is more intensity and more fight and effort down low get those second chance opportunities, win the battle of the boards. And, you know, we'll see as that develops. But, you know, one of our strengths this year could be our backcourt and our depth. And one of our weaknesses in terms of our perspective is just some of the frontcourt size. We may get beaten down low this year and just a whole nother year of new faces and more integrated lineups and more just more ways for more players to step up and contribute similar to the men's team. So there's a lot of excitement. There's, you know, a lot of potential in both teams. And on a lot of aspects, I'm looking forward to it. So that's kind of the women's team as a whole that I would really look forward to. And you brought up Amaya West as your breakout player. That's, that's yeah. Who's your breakout player? I'd go with Deja Hamilton, just because if her offensive game can match her defensive production at this point, she could become a really good combo guard who's shown to play on the ball and off the ball and really be that kind of two-way impact player that this team really needs so I would really watch out for Deja Hamilton in a lot of regards and you know touching upon one other weakness I would say it's the lack of perimeter shooting that's why Amaya West can be a huge contributor this year because you lose out on Jacqueline McKay. Essence Booker's shot from three-point range was really needed last year so That's one thing to really keep an eye on. But as a whole, there's still a lot of contributors and it's still a lot of members to grow with this team as a whole. So I'm looking forward to it. It's a lot to kind of take apart early on. Yeah, that was a lot there that you just added. Yeah, I'm sorry. That kinda came all out in one force. But (laughs) that that's the one. Take a deep breath, (gasps) man. Drink some water. Thank you.
0: I mean, I didn't mean literally. He's currently taking a drink of water right now. In my face during this podcast. I can't believe he's doing it. What are you doing? I'm just kidding. you got to come prepared. I'm just kidding. I don't care. It is currently 9.30 in the morning or 10 10 in the morning. 10.08. Usually my drink in this morning would be coffee, but that's beside the fact. I already had a cup this morning. I might have another later. Yeah, coffee guy. Big coffee guy. I'm not. We mentioned... Okay, so my, my breakout player is Maya West. She is the team's top returning three-point shooter. She hit 14 threes last year at a 42.4% clip. She shot, she, she shot 83% from the free throw line. She was, I think, sixth on the team, fifth on the team in assists, so she could potentially expand her playmaking a little more. She's pretty good defensively, so I'm looking for her to be a breakout player. And she only started one game last year, so I'm expecting her role to expand this year. And so she could be a potentially breakout player and insert herself in the starting lineup.
1: Yeah, definitely. And she showcased a lot of her scoring versatility as that second option in many regards. When Lacey was struggling scoring down low, it was the backcourt combination a lot of times of Essence Booker and Amaya West. So she can really take that into next year and well-rounded offensive game that's going to be needed this year with so many you know, unfortunate departures. So I'm looking forward to her to really step up and become another impact contributor to this team as a whole.
0: Women's basketball this Friday at Lawler Event Center at home. It's not on TV, but it will be on radio, CBS Sports Radio, 94.1 FM. It'll be at 2 p.m. versus San Francisco. Stay tuned for that. We're going to be talking about that next week. Nevada basketball plays Wednesday and Thursday, Thanksgiving Day. They play North Dakota State Nebraska. Nebraska will be, I think, at 11 or noon, and then Tomorrow's game, Wednesday's game versus North Dakota State, is going to be at noon on Flow Hoops. I'm pretty sure that you have to stream that. I don't think that's something that you could watch on TV. Are you checking that, Isaiah?
1: It is no longer Flow Hoops. Flow. It is John Rame- John Raimi will have the call for both games well, on the Wolfpack Radio Network. Well,
0: that's radio. I'm talking TV. Flow Hoops yeah, they're is-
1: no longer broadcasting the event. Are Flow sh- Hoops is no longer broadcasting the event.
0: Oh, yeah, there you, you heard it here first. They're not going to be broadcasting the game. That kind of sucks. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, Nevada will be playing Nebraska on Big Ten Network, I think. Stay tuned for that. You could watch that on Fox Sports. Go. And then no free ads. Not really. None, it's not really bad. It's just none. telling them what
1: station it is. Shut out. <laughs> anyways, Isaiah, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Honestly, I have work. So that's the only thing on the you mind. Work on Thanksgiving. I do. Oh boy. But uh, we'll go from there. I'll work out, work, and um, I may not even have Thanksgiving this year. So listen,
0: uh, not a lot of people are in these yeah, hectic climates. Or stay these, home if you can, please. Unforeseen circumstances.
1: Stay home if He's, you can.
0: These crazy times.
1: Maybe it's best to do that.
0: I'll be having Thanksgiving. Me and my small family, my brother, my parents, and I, will be chilling at the house. My my dad and I will be watching some football day football and then of course watching Nevada at noon um what's your favorite Thanksgiving meal
1: oh gosh oh boy that's kind of like the uh Nevada men's basketball lineup just so many options so much versatility I I mean come on that's at least I'm tying it together to what we're talking about fair enough I was very you know what a listener's gonna listen to what I just said and they thought man that was smart I promise you but, um, you know, if I had to go, like, a starting five, like we've been doing, I'd go okay, with... Okay, yeah, what's your starting five? Yeah. I want to hear this. I want to hear this. I'd go with, uh, e. you know, I, I go, I'm more plant-based now more than anything else. So, like, last Thanksgiving, I did have meat. But if I choose to have a Thanksgiving meal, I will most likely not eat meat. So, for that reason, I'm going to go with cranberries, number one. They got to be the canned ones, the jellied, the one that looks like, jello two stuffing you know that's my go-to three has got to be mashed potatoes four don't sleep on Brussels sprouts are you serious you have to be kidding me don't sleep on Brussels sprouts and number five don't sleep on the sweet potatoes you need your veggies they keep you lean they keep you healthy they keep you going so don't sleep on that potent front plate combination of Oh
0: man, mine's the exact
1: opposite <laughs> of, of you. Brussels sprouts and sweet potatoes. I don't hate some of your choices. Sweet Thank potatoes, you.
0: not a bad choice. Thank you. What's Mashed your... potatoes not a bad choice. My number one I mean, this is the most obvious thing ever if you know me at all. Ham. Number one is ham. Big ham guy. Huge ham guy. I love ham. That's number one without question. Number two, mac and
1: cheese. I don't I don't see I don't associate mac and cheese with oh, yeah, Thanksgiving. I do. I do. I associate well, that I usually, have it at,
0: I usually have it at Thanksgiving.
1: Third one's probably mashed
0: potatoes. Fourth one, I wouldn't. I'm not gonna go sweet potato, but I'll go. There's times I, I think I've had a baked potato
1: before. <laughs> that's unfortunate.
0: I mean, no, no, no. Number four is gonna be the, the rolls. Yeah, the biscuit yeah. rolls.
1: Don't sleep on those.
0: Oh man, Hawaiian I, rolls and stuff. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. That's why Hawaiian rolls, incredible. And then number five, pumpkin pie.
1: Oh, yeah, I forgot about the desserts, man. Pumpkin
0: pie, man. You can't go (laughs) wrong. Pumpkin pie might slide into my number two spot. Might be my second
1: leading score. I honestly, I forgot all about the desserts. Yeah, I I sound like a a dweeb.
0: Yeah, with your Brussels sprouts. With my Brussels
1: sprouts (laughs) and sweet potato combination. Oh, well. Yeah,
0: no. Ham over turkey. You could send me a Twitter DM and argue with me all you want if you choose to do so. I'm not going to change my... Option, ham over turkey, ham over everything on Thanksgiving. That's that's an unpopular opinion though. I've had I've had some pretty controversial debates with people about ham or turkey on but Thanksgiving. It, turkey is more traditional, obviously, but I just like
1: ham a lot more. And I think turkey's a little dry. I agree. I agree. If I, I'd I'd prefer turkey, but turkey's dry, man. You need gravy. And I, I can't gra- believe gravy turkey didn't gra-
0: need turkey with gravy's good.
1: I know gravy didn't make our top five, but it's like I think gravy's like
0: I mean, it's a, like a sauce. Almost. Yeah,
1: but you, I know what you, you mean. Could you could use don't, it with mashed potatoes, though. Yeah, but I really don't think you need gravy with ham,
0: and I do agree with that. Just give me like the sweetest, juiciest ham, and I'll be the happiest person alive.
1: Matt Hamoffin in the building.
0: I don't like how you did that, but that's clever. You know what? I've actually saying, no, I do like that. I changed my
1: mind. I think I've been saying that the the past couple of years. We need we need to get that trending. If you want to put that in the promotional tweet go right ahead you could say you know pack center episode 129 ham versus turkey go right ahead you know what side are you on i'm not i'm 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 listening i'm on the the turkey side but it's it's i see the deficiencies in turkey and you're talking to someone who doesn't eat meat much anymore like right very little if i had to eat meat it'd be lean salmon or something but turkey or like chicken probably not if, in all not honesty, white meat, no. just, just trying to, but that's, it's besides the point because it's subjective, you know, I'd still go with Turkey, but Turkey has serious deficiencies in a lot of ways. If you don't cook it right, it's dry. Like you said, and ham in a lot of ways is more flavorful. I do like Turkey legs though. Yeah. I mess with those. I'm just not the biggest ham guy. Cause I'm not the biggest pork guy. Not gotcha. the biggest pig guy. Gotcha. Just not that big.
0: Oh, see, so yeah. Like, I love my bacon. Sausage. Too much bacon. Sausage is solid. The taste has always gotten me with sausage, though. It's, it's always tasted a little weird to me, but I, I've grown into it. Ham is... Another level.
1: On, like,
0: <laughs> upper echelon.
1: I, I could see the benefits. I see the pluses and advantages of a ham. And you know what? It does belong in Thanksgiving, to me, no question. Ham belongs in Thanksgiving.
0: And I've had people tell me that. I tell them ham is my favorite Thanksgiving meal, and they're like, no, you're incorrect. I was like, how am I incorrect when it's something that is my favorite? Like, someone's like, what's your favorite color? Someone said blue. Wrong. Yeah, wrong. But no, that's not your favorite. It's like, I would know my favorite color or food or whatever the case may be more than you. Yeah. Thanks, bud. Don't I... tell me what my favorite Thanksgiving meal is.
1: Yeah. You live your life. Yeah. Live your life. I'll, I'll live disagree, mine. I'll
0: disagree with you on the Brussels sprouts, but I'm not gonna be like, no, you're like you're wrong. Yeah, you thank sh- you. Like, yeah,
1: let's... get that off your plate.
0: Yeah, get that off your plate. You, no, I'm not gonna say that.
1: No, you live your life. I'll live mine. Right. <laughs> but yeah, no. Thanksgiving gonna be gonna be fun. Hopefully, with the Nevada basketball. Hopefully, in <laughs>
0: yeah, Nevada basketball. When it's gonna, it's again, it's gonna be weird having Nevada basketball on Thanksgiving, but it is what it is. But anyways, thank you for listening. Like and subscribe, give us a rating, a five-star rating. Isaiah loves it when I say that for some reason. I don't know why, It's the
1: best, it's the best closing.
0: Like and subscribe, thank you for listening. Have a happy Thanksgiving, have a very safe Thanksgiving. Safe, safe, safe. Be safe in these just crazy times. I know Wash is becoming more of a hotspot for COVID, that's not good. But anyways, stay safe, have a happy Thanksgiving. Spend time with your family if you can and have a nice week.